Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Catching Foxes, episode 361. We interview two of the guys from the Total Soccer Show, and we have a blast. Joe and Taylor were incredible. They were great. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Mike, Gomer, Buddy, pal, I don't like sports ball, to which I would say, join the club. Now, I like sports, but I'm not into sports like Luke is into sports. Well, it turns out the Total Soccer Show was one of those shows that was instrumental into getting Luke to be a little soccer nerd boy. And so we have these guys on, and they are great. They know how to talk the talk without alienating anyone. Plus, you have me, dear little Gomer, as a guide for the perplexed. I am the confused one the whole time in the group, and so they break it down Barney style for all of us, and it is great. Why do people love soccer? Why do people love Major League Soccer and World Cup and English Premier League? I also interject stories of my own family and all this stuff, and it is a hoot and a half. So, uh, And you also hear Luke get made fun of for liking the Bengals, so that's good. Uh, you also get to hear Luke totally fangirl over these people and desperately try to impress them, which warms the cockles of my heart. Anywho, before we go into the show, let's take a moment to talk about our one and only sponsor for today, the Lion and Lamb Book Club. Now, this is awesome. I have two of their boxes sitting here. This is one of those subscription boxes, but it is for Catholic children. The Lion and Lamb Club, Lion and Lamb, the Lion and Lamb Book Club is a Catholic children's book club that helps families to pass down the faith through character-forming bedtime stories. Each quarter, we'll send club members boxes that contain three to five books, age-appropriate and seasonally relevant, world-class stories, which I can vouch for all of that. These boxes will also contain swag, stickers, and a letter to parents on how to actually use these books to live out things like the liturgical calendar, their Catholic faith, whatever, and great conversation starters. You ever have a kid that you're bringing home from faith formation? What'd you talk about? Nothing. How'd you like it? It's fine. No, this one is excellent. Now, when our Lion and Lamb book club box came so that we could do the sample for this whole, uh, for this ad read, it was so funny because my kids tore it open. I think I got Luke's too, so I got two of them, which thank God, because the kids ripped the boxes open. We already own two out of the four books that they sent, which means they're picking good stuff because I obsess over this. But it was awesome. They, My kids read all four books all in one sitting. I mean, like they just grabbed them, went through them all, and all the stickers are gone. I was able to get one sticker with the lamb on it, and I put that over my Apple logo on my keyboard or my uh, laptop. It's that good. So you get three to five books, a personalized note, conversation starters and wonderful joyful surprises now listen these are timeless literary classics undiscovered treasures and new catholic releases that they ensure each selection supports your efforts to raise saints in the making while not every book is about a catholic saint or something like that each book's themes are guaranteed to support our catholic christian worldview and let's be honest nothing is more exciting for a kid to get a gift in the mail especially it's from grandma or godparent or another influential catholic person in their life so if you've got a uh, god kid and i have 10 trillion of them uh you need i'm the wilt chamberlain of godfathers if you have and you're trying to figure out what the heck to get these kids and they're and they're young kids right lion and lamb book club three to five classic books stickers and other joyful surprises Every quarter, it's awesome. Check them out. Head on over to lionandlamb.club. That's the shortest link, or you can head on over to the wonderful website, catholic.store, and then you can check out their products, and you'll see the Lion and Lamb book club all over the website because this is an exciting new product for the catholic.store. Thank you to Lion and Lamb Club and catholic.store for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Perfect. 
Hi, everyone. Uh, this is a very exciting episode for me, pretty much. This is this is like Luke Carey's, you know, like back like back like in the eighties when you would like having a crossover thing with I don't know, outfit on something else. Where and like, but this is a thing where it's just a crossover for me because it's combining my podcast with one of my favorite podcasts. So we're here with the uh, we're here with two guys from the from the Total Soccer Show, Joe and Taylor. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, that's, that's, that's how awkward our like intros are. Usually we just talk <laughs> and say, "Oh yeah, sorry, we we've been recording." Um, so, how long have you guys been doing like uh, the the like total soccer this show for? Life. Luke, you froze that whole time. I did. Okay, fine. fine. I froze the whole time. Kill your Let camera. Me... Children, oh, they're all children. They're all. I know. All <laughs> right. Is that how is that? Well, let's just hope the the audio stream right. is better. So what are you saying, Luke? Yeah, your end got recorded, so don't worry about repeating. Okay, good. If you hear a child hitting a door, it's fine. Um, So we're here with the guys from the from the Total Soccer Show here to talk about uh, the World Cup, the U.S. Men's National Team, uh, hopes and dreams, expectations. Uh, I think um, if you guys want to real quick just kind of uh, talk, just like talk a bit about your show, what you guys do, how long like I'm even doing it, anything you would want our listeners to know about. Yeah, uh, so it's the Total Soccer Show. Uh, I'm Taylor Rockwell. I started it with my late co-host, Daryl Grove, in 2009. We started on independent radio here in Richmond, Virginia, where we still record, or I still record. Uh, And we transitioned it into a podcast, like around 2014, moved away from radio solely into podcasting. And then that's around the time that we first tried to monetize. We ended up doing that like somewhat successfully around 2015, 2016. And, and then it was our full-time gig. He passed away uh, in 2020 from, from uh, a prolonged uh, situation with cancer. And so in that time, Joe had started to step in. Ryan uh, Bailey had started to step in. Uh, Graham Ruffin had started to step in. Joe did uh, American stuff with me and, and filled in as a host. Ryan would talk more European stuff and also filled in as a host. And they've been with me since. And now it's kind of the four of us in some capacity or in some grouping, uh, five days a week. Plus, we do another one called Soccer 101, which is more sort of evergreen content about the ba- major questions you might have. What do the numbers mean? What are the sizes of the pitch? That sort of thing. Uh, Joe, is, is that is that a fair summary? Jo- Joe is the statistician and the fact yeah. man when it comes I to like GSS. It. Taylor, I like how, how well you have the spiel down of the 2009. <laughs> it's, it's a great thing. I've heard it before. I'll hear it again. You nail it every time. It's good stuff. I dude, I I've never like I, I like genuinely as I sat down to do this, I was like, I've really got to start like <laughs> writing down the key points because I forget you it every it. time. Yeah, you got it. You got I, it. I, I struggle for a moment there, and I still and uh, to to touch on the awkward for a moment. Uh, I mentioned him earlier, but Daryl, who I did the show with, was my best friend. He was in my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've recorded in the office that we shared where we recorded a, a huge bulk of our shows. And it's weird to to not say we. So I will still refer to the show as we, even when I'm just talking about myself, which I think friends and family might be slightly concerned about. But uh, it makes sense when, let's say, Joe is here or Graham or Ryan are here as well. So that's where the we plays in, but also the kind of background on the show as a whole. Yes. So I actually started listening to your show back in the fall of 2013. I, I, wow. I think so. It's been really kind of cool to see your rise of just going from this, like, hey, this is like, because like, I, I came into it not like knowing a thing. I mean, I really didn't know a thing about a lot of soccer. To be honest, I got into it because I was very bored with this one job I had. I just needed stuff to do during my dad's yeah. time. And I was like, hey, there's a, there's, there's a World Cup. I wonder if there are qualifying games. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I just knew there was one going to be 
coming up in about two years. And it was in between the 2013 Honduras game and before the snow game. Oh, the snow mm-hmm. game. Okay. <laughs> so, like, right, uh, it's right before all the things. Okay, so there was a coach before Gomer who was the best player out of Germany. And he came and coached here. And it was weird. There were ups and downs. And this was a period of, like, does the king have no clothes? Is this actually not going to go well? And so I was just, like, trying to find all the podcasts I could to, like, understand, like, what's, like, like what was going on. And then I watched. So this game happens out like Denver. They get a ton of snow. It's insane. And, like, if the U.S. lost that game, there was only, like, a 75% chance or something they were going to make the 2014 World Cup. So it was, like, tons of drama already there. I just was kind of hooked. And so in the fall, I started to – it was right before the Mexico game, I think, that fall. I wanted just to find other podcasts. I was only listening to Big Head Redhead at the time. I Mm -hmm. think think that was it. I think what I love about your show was it was like you didn't talk down to anyone, but it was very accessible. So as, as a person who had like a um, background with sports, pretty much just being in American football, to only have that and to hear you guys talking about like, well, here's a 10, here's a 9, and blah, 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 and, all, and like all of this other stuff, it somehow like made sense because the way that you guys talked about stuff was like somehow accessible. It was like inside baseball yeah. without, being, without being inside baseball. Yeah, and, and Luke, like even even to add on that, you know, I, I got into soccer in a similar way. Like now I'm on the show, but I, I can't say enough good things about the work that Taylor and Daryl did to bring people like us into the fold in soccer, right? Like I wouldn't do this. And I've said this to you, Taylor, before, like you, this is not new information, but I wouldn't be doing any of this if TSS didn't exist in the first place, right? I wouldn't be doing any writing or any pod, none of this stuff, right? So I think, and I hope we still strike this tone today. I'm, I'm optimistic and confident that we do this, this mixture of things for people who are just getting into soccer and, and maybe being drawn in by hopefully some of the, the silly conversations we have and, and some of the more foundational elements that we try to bring. And then also people that, that know soccer and like to tweet angry things at us because they care so much. Like, I think, I think that's one of the things that is, is really cool about the show. And that was started long before I ever you know became a part of it. But Taylor, I think you and Daryl always did a phenomenal job of, of reaching so many different groups of people and, and Luke, it seems like your your story kind of hits those notes, too. Oh, well, thank you, Luke, for those very kind words. Thank you, Joe, for your very kind words. We'll pause to let Gomer uh, deliver his <laughs> kind of, uh, 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 I think you guys suck. I've been meaning to tell you that this whole time. Luke won't let me talk. It's really... Uh, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's I hate soccer more now. And uh, that is a thing that uh, that Daryl, I would say, was like the, the leading uh emphasis like place the leading emphasis on because he we had the tagline or i think still do the soccer podcast that wants to know why uh and that's kind of the basis of it is we feel like we felt like so often your analysis is people screaming at each other or people kind of regurgitating the same talking points and it just gets really tiresome it gets really toxic it gets really repetitive uh and so a lot of times people's analysis is really repetitive and really toxic and i I feel like it's just (laughs) Joe, I vehemently disagree with you, see? And then here we go. This is how it goes. And I already sent you five so, angry emails. <laughs> yeah. Just now, just so, now, literally just now. And, and, that's, and that's what we wanted to do. I'm getting them all right now, Joe. Uh, that's what we wanted to do was just be able to slow down and explain what happened. And that's really one of my favorite things about doing this show is having the opportunity and the kind of forum 
to be able to cover the games the way we want to. And sometimes that's myself and Joe getting really, really deep into the tactical weeds when it comes to what the U.S. men's national team is doing or the U.S. women's national team, though they tend to just beat people because they're very, very good. Who needs tactics when you have like the best 40 players in the world? That is Vlaco's uh, approach, yes. That, that, is, is, approach. that is definitely their approach. But there's also, there's littler moments. Like one of my favorite ones, I forget even what tournament it was. It was a moment when this player uh, lost track of his mark. I think it was in a World Cup. And he, he let that player score off of a corner kick. And the whole conversation was about, if you go back and watch, he had long hair and he was adjusting, he was doing his hair. And everybody, and that was the whole thing. It was like, can you believe he stopped marking his guy? And you'd have all these players, like, and, or uh, analysts yelling about, like, oh, what, you know, this is what's wrong with the game these days. Uh, players care so much about their hair and less about their responsibilities. And so we went back an extra two seconds where his teammate turned around to point like that someone needed to mark somebody but didn't look who was behind him and pointed directly into that man's eye. He wasn't fixing his hair. He was holding his eye because he just gotten poked in the eye. And that's why he lost that's his right. mark. And so to me, those moments where it's like, oh, I see what happened here. I see why that happened. It's just, it's my favorite thing. And so in some ways, I guess, like to sound pretentious, it's teaching. But it's also, I guess, teaching myself at the same time and then having people who are equally curious and interested in, in the game and in the, the things surrounding the game that makes it just truly, really fun. Isn't it funny, though? Like, there is such a, like, the thing that interests me the most about this conversation is, like, how carefully curated opinions can be when you mm -hmm. deliberately want it to be in the wrong direction, right? Like, yeah. we're all looking at the same video, but a timestamp matters, right? Mm. And if you just go back far enough, but if you don't go back far enough, you know, you can create an entire systematic critique on you know, the, the, the wrong thing is like the guy got poked Society. in the eye. He wasn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with the kids these days? Uh, their VH1 music. That's it. Uh, <laughs> but you have this, you have this whole thing. Like we can shape entire conversation by what we allow, what we selectively yeah. point at and, and bring in. And it takes someone who is willing and dedicated for, for not the scoring of, of uh political social points but like no i love the game and i want to know the game and so that that drives you to back it up two or three more seconds and all of a sudden you have a different perspective right right like how fascinating is that and it's it's hard because like i i just watched yesterday i don't know how this came up on social media for me but it was a a, a clip that people cut together of skip bayless debating skip bayless oh no about aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it, was, it was it was the best thing i've seen it was the yep. best thing i've seen all week it was incredible People eat that up, right? I mean, we all, I think we're hardwired to like, at least on some level, or at least to engage with this polarizing content. And, and not that, like, we've never said things on TSS, Taylor, that people disagree with. Not that we've never said polarizing things. I, I, we try not to. Like, that's not the intent. Some things do end up just being things that other folks don't, don't line up with. But, I mean, it, I think there's always just such a need, and it may never get the same type of engagement, right? Because it's not going to create the vitriol that comes from a Skip Bayless type but there's always a need in any sport, right? Whether it's football, whether it's basketball or soccer, whatever it is, there's always just this gap waiting to be filled by people who are willing to rewind those two extra seconds, Taylor, because not everybody is, right? Because it's not, sometimes it's not fun to do that stuff, right? Like sometimes it's not fun to go back through and rewatch that game the second time and pull out the notes to pick up like, okay, what did I miss? But I think that's part of what's made TSS far, again, far before I ever was involved in it, but part of what makes that kind of show and, and the show that we do I hope interesting to people is that I think it fills some of that gap that doesn't always shoot for the, the social media points 
but uh, hopefully still get some of those on the way because we're we're trying real hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean that true. <laughs> you are not wrong in that regard. But I would say to be sappy, like I think a lot of it also just has to do with empathy and remembering that like we're talking about other humans. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes these days we're talking about teenagers who are playing this sport in a way that. I can't even comprehend. I played <laughs> amateur soccer and high school soccer, not in front of a stadium of 90,000 people in a Champions League final. So to then try to presume that I understand the pressure that person under yeah. is disingenuous at best and something far more negative at worst. And, and, I, and, and so I think what I really enjoy about the show, aside from trying to keep that human element, it's also keeping the awareness that I could very well be wrong and that Joe may have a point that I hadn't considered or seen something that I missed. And I think Joe, you're right. I think there's like, we're kind of hardwired. Forgive me if I'm misquoting you uh, to to see that argument and to kind of enjoy that debate and enjoy that back and forth. And I think the problem in, in what, say skip bayless is doing there is that he's inevitably he is debating himself in a certain way but it's just kind of yelling (laughs) talking points and you slowly become afraid not just of like of informing but of not being wrong or you don't want to be wrong and so when you're kind of advocating from a position of i don't want to be wrong you're no longer having a conversation with the person you're no longer really listening and so i think that's where our hopefully calmer approach of like why do you think that happened and then talking it out to try to kind of come to a common understanding three heads four heads whatever it may be i think are always going to be better than one and especially if all four of them aren't just screaming at each other to get their talking points in. are you all independent uh like is this your full-time full-time gig doing the podcast uh for me for me yes uh because we initially uh had uh companies that were selling advertisements for us and then we uh joined the athletic we licensed to the athletic and so they basically allow uh, for this to be my full-time gig uh and then joe uh well i'll let joe explain but yeah this became my full-time gig in 2016 is talking about soccer for a living in various forms yeah, so and I, awesome. I talk about soccer for a living, but not always in audio form. So sometimes written, sometimes video stuff, sometimes audio stuff. I started very recently a website called Backhield.com, which covers American soccer in all sorts yeah. of different ways. So I also serve as editor there. And so I'm, I'm doing a lot of different things. That's um, awesome. but, but yeah, podcasting is certainly a, a route into this space for me, for sure. It is, it is wild how much Joe does. Uh, Joe, there is an age gap between uh, Ryan, Graham, myself, and Joe. But it, Taylor's it's, actually it's, 80, so that's, that, that's I was going to say, that's what we like. Sometimes with your work ethic. But I'm like, yeah, I've answered like six of the list of questions so far. And Joe did that like six years ago before the questions were even asked. (laughs) Somehow he had already researched them. Joe is is a hustling man. And Uh, and Backyield is so great. It's really strange what I want to, like, what I'm going to do in-depth shows with Joe about, let's say, Major League Soccer. That I just, I used to read a bunch of different sources. I still try to, but inevitably I just read Joe's stuff on Backyield uh, or other people's stuff on Backyield. And it's very good. It is then awkward when I ask Joe a question on the show and he's sort of like, you read my piece, didn't you? I see what you're doing here. Like, no, I see where your research is coming from. No, That's I, awesome. I actually do, do the same thing on like our show because I don't like, uh, like, I'll like, actually like Domer will ask or like have a profound thought. I'll be like, oh yeah. And then I'll just go with it and not put any more because it's like stand on the shoulders of giants and be like, thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Like so, I, I said like one like one a random thing. Then I then I like um, I promise you guys we will get to the Affleck soccer part. Uh, when you, when you guys were doing stuff on that app where you did like a live show and it was your face, I forget what that was called. Oh yeah, stereo baby. Too. Yeah, this the stereo. Did you get some like weird? It was like almost like a W four from like I think it was from like England or something. <laughs> it was a Russian owned company. 
we did that did not go well for us. It was the weirdest thing in the world. And like, we like, I remember we got this statement from like England, and I was like, what? And then I was like, turns out they were owned by some like weird Russian group. And I was like, this is the craziest thing we've ever been a part of. <laughs> like, this is so weird. Yeah, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't helped like that in TikTok being like, maybe just Chinese spyware. I'm still not entirely sure. Uh, It hasn't really done a ton for making me feel like we can entirely trust technology. Uh, But, you know, it's also what I do for a living. So I I can't be that cynical about it, I suppose. Well, I was like, with stereo, I was like, well, the check's still cash, so. The whole time I felt like, did I just give Putin access to my microphone and camera at all times? Like, that's the only thing I was thinking. If that's like, the first time you did that, you're, like, already well ahead. So don't worry about it. I, feel, I do feel like there's just at a point where it's like, jo- joke's on you. Everybody's stolen my identity. I just assume. I just assume. <laughs> you're the only one that doesn't know your own social security number. Right. Yeah. I got to go find the card somewhere. Everybody else already has it. <laughs> Someone's borrowing it today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, we actually got hooked up with parts because like, cause I heard you guys want to talk about it like on the show. And I was like, and you were saying like, hey, like, here's our downloads and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's kind of comparable to us. I was like, we might have to have a chance. I had been like, I'm trying and trying. I was like, nah, you guys are like, I'm too small. And it was been, it was like great for us. So I just want to say, I'm going to thank you for even like, I'm talking about them. Because it's like, that was so helpful for us. For, oh, like, cool. Our, our show, which, but I love the stereo part because it was just so like, now we're just broadcasting and we're getting these weird checks in the mail and statements from England. <laughs> and you could get it was so strange because you could get the people like you you could get call-ins essentially but it was they would record their message and then yeah. submit them so that was always sort of a a, a roll of the dice as you're to either, getting you're, something you're that was either about to be cussed out or or hear yeah. like a 10 second asmr clip or yeah. hear like a normal <laughs> soccer comment but it's only going to be one of those three things and oh, inevitably man. for us at least once a show we would get it's football not soccer would be right. and that was always said with a british accent even though they're the ones who named <laughs> yeah. it soccer in the first place but whatever which yeah, that's what I love about your show because, like, I, I remember you guys had this, um, like, on one episode where you said, actually, here's why we call it soccer, and it actually yeah. has its roots in England. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and I feel like you see that with a lot of pretentious American fans who, like, want to call sure. it football. And I'm just like, what? Do you guys even know what you're talking about, or is it just, like, fun? Like, this is a fun identity to have while you're, like, in your, on the joints. Like, <laughs> like, did you cry when we didn't make it, like, on the 2018? Or, or were you just kind of like, yeah, you know, I got to know. That's not let me know if, like, this is all real or not. Taylor, you go first. So, uh, did oh, no, I? No, 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 no. I was just saying, like, the, like, weird hipster of soccer fan, too. Uh, oh, I know. thought we were about to bear our souls. Yeah, yeah I, I thought, about, I thought like, we were about to you... confess. Yeah. I did. I didn't cry, but I was very sad. Yes, yeah, that's the dark. That's the darkest day in my U.S. soccer fandom. Probably my soccer fandom of ever. Yeah, I think so because I was six when the U.S. qualified. I'm, I'm born in '84, so I was six when the U.S. qualified for 1990. Don't really remember that one. Sort of remember the '94 World Cup, and then have increasingly vivid memories of World Cups since then. And the World Cup is my favorite event in the world. Uh, I, I think it's the best thing. I think it, it also. Like for for the crowds you get, for the blend of humanity, it, it's an amazing experience. And for the U.S. to miss that and to miss it because of their own incompetence. If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. That's you got to get better. And that's and that's what they had been doing. But that was just incompetence. It was players not performing. It was coaches getting stuff wrong. And it was just so frustrating from start to finish because World Cup qualifying lasts over years. So 
Yeah, I think when that happened, when the U.S. officially didn't qualify, and they really, really had to do a lot of work to not qualify in that <laughs> yeah. last game. I, yeah. yeah, I think I stared at the floor, uh, and Daryl uh, stared at the floor as well. He may have stared at the wall, but I was definitely staring at the floor, and I think we were silent <laughs> for about five to ten minutes. Uh, anyone who knows me, including people who are listening, will know that that is a very long time for me. That's like an silent. hour in a, in a, like a regular person is five to ten minutes for ten minutes. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Joe? What was your what was your experience? Uh, yeah, sadness. So I, I wasn't deep. I, w- I was just very much on the periphery of like soccer media. If we want to capitalize soccer and capitalize media in that in that way, I was like just on the outskirts, starting to dip my toes into the water. And I, I sort of then I think had a naive thought about like, oh, this will be the the restart, and this will be like a great chance to build up from the ground up. And I, like I don't really think a lot of that happened. I just think there were a lot of, as Taylor said, incompetence that sort of created that. And I'm not sure that the U.S. is any better off today as a soccer country than they would have been if they'd been at the World Cup. I I don't think any of that changed. But that was my outlook at the time. So I was trying, I was grasping for optimistic straws. No tears were shed. But I I remember that moment very, very clearly and thinking, ah, this will be fine. And I guess it kind of was fine, but it also wasn't really fine at the same time. Joe, I'm giving you a segment on the show that's called Grasping for Optimistic Straws. <laughs> you, just have, you just have to find reasons for optimism in the world. That's good. I like it. I'm down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was. So I, I watched it at the American Outlaw Bar out, out in Cincinnati. That's, that's where I was living at, at the time. And the, that chapter made a lot of strides. However, at this point in time, it really sucked. It was a terrible <laughs> chapter. I went from like from Denver to that, and it was just like night and day. And it was like kind of sad. And the atmosphere, the whole game was just sad. Like, remember when you could hear the like almost buzzing sound in the game? Mm. It was coming from like, like it was like, like some like generator at the stadium sure. that they're like, I'm set up what's getting. Well, like, you could hear that. And I thought it was the bar. And, and, and that was the tone of the whole night. Yeah. Like, mm. like, I was like, what is that noise? Like, that's where are they like, and, and then uh, it was just like, uh, I won't ever forget there was some girl in the bar and just hear her go, oh gosh, it wasn't it. I had to be like 10 minutes on the left and, and you weren't sure what, what was going on with these like other games. And Panama had to tie or lose in the U.S. I think we'd get in on the fourth, the fourth, they would they'd play in the playoff or something. Mm-hmm. There was still like a lot of hope. I was like, this is bad, but it's not the worst. Sure. And then it just like, hear this girl go, Panama scored. And I was, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it was just like, what the fuck? Like from like there on yeah. out, like it just is like yeah. weird, like shock, like, like total absolute absolute shock. And I like actually I went outside to call my wife after the game because I still was like I don't I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> so and emotional, I, I, I love it. I started like I've been drinking a bit too. So, oh, like, started, oh, that like, shocked everyone that's currently I, listening. I, I started <laughs> choking up and I go, they make it. And she goes, what? I'm like, the U.S. did it. Did it? I'm like, the World Cup. And her response was. Okay, <laughs> so, like, I was just like, that's no, not really what you wanted to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, no. And it was it was just funny because there's been two like horrible sport moments in my life, and that was one. And um, the other one was when the Bengals lost to the Steelers. I'm a huge I'm, I'm a uh, huge Bengals fan. And when they lost to the Steelers in the playoffs in 2015, it was like a, like they, they they like almost won, and they lost at the very last minute, like the last play of the game. They fumbled the ball. It was just, it was awful, mm. and it was that was more painful because it was just like this is never going to end. 
And but like this was like something totally different. It was like, this is like I remember doing the math in like in my head for as much as person who had like five drinks could do. <laughs> and we were like, well, I mean, we were four and a half years out. So it'd be four and a half years from that point in time or so, right? Like it was, or, or, or was it yeah, like five, basically five. I think, with I, the I'm winter woke up. Yeah, yeah. From like when the normal schedule was going to, sure, to be. That it was going to be a very, very math. long time. Like yeah, yeah, five, yeah. It was a very, very long time, and it was just kind of like. What just happened? Like, like what just happened here? And I think uh, that's and so to, to to get the point where we where we are right like right now. What should your average like? Let's just say it's my mom who like I like sports, but you know she watches the World Cup every like four years. What should someone like her? What should her expectations be for this World Cup? I I think for me and Taylor, you can follow along or behind or interject do whatever you want. I think. For this U.S. team, the expectation to be, you know, getting some results, like like playing some some actual good soccer and threatening some of the the teams in this competition. I mean, I think it is entirely realistic, and this is difficult when it comes to like a, a soccer person's knowledge of how the World Cup is structured. But I think getting out of the group is a totally realistic idea. So you know, eight, fourteen groups, thirty-two teams at total of this World Cup in Qatar. The U.S. has Wales on their first game. They have England in their second game on Black Friday, which is going to be massive. And they have Iran in the third game. The U.S. You know, is totally capable of, of finishing in one of the top two spots, which gets you out of the group. So not only do I think it's fair to expect them to move into the round of 16, which is that second round in this 32-team competition, but it's also you know, reasonable to expect some fun stories and some fun performances. This team, I think, is so compelling for so many different reasons, just as like a as a sports entity, like set aside soccer, whatever, whatever this idea of, you know, failure last time in, in 2017. So you don't make the world cup in 2018. Now you have all this absolute chaos happening with Qatar. You know, that's a, a really strange landscape for this story to be unfolding, but you have this team that didn't make it last time. It's had a bunch of changes on the personnel side of things between then and now new coach, new coaching staff, new players by and large. I mean, we might be looking at one player returning from that. That's played in a world cup before in the U S squad. And DeAndre wow. Edlin, who was back in 2014, it's a massive gap, right? It's been eight years since the U.S. has been to a World Cup. The players are new. They're fun. They're different. Not that the U.S. is going to be the best team at the competition, but but winning a game, winning multiple games, seeing some really exciting performances from a, a, a team that could be the youngest at this tournament, that's a really long-winded way. I should probably work on refining my pitch mm-hmm. for my non-soccer fan friends. But like that's, <laughs> that's the pitch, right? Young. They're young. They're exciting. Tons of talent. New faces. Failure last time. It's a it's just a good yeah. story. Sports or not, it's a good story. I think I think people will always want to know, like, are we going to win it? Do we have a chance of, of making a deep run? Uh, I, I don't think we will win it. Uh, I think there's a chance they make a run. But I think it, it is still the case the United States is in a position where they've gotten way better since that 1990 World Cup, certainly better since uh, 2018. Luke, I, I'm sad to hear you were so disappointed, by the way. I would have assumed that the Bengals had prepared you for a lifetime of disappointment, but I'm glad that you were still able to feel something. That was such a delayed shot. Let me circle back to the Bengals comment just so I can insult you and moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, but I think I think to quickly extricate myself from that, I think it's still the case that the U.S. is is significantly better. But I don't think that, that they're necessarily going to be one of those teams that makes a deep run. What I think they will be is a team that has the ball. And strange as that may sound, my dad has watched World Cups with me since like 2002. And I guarantee you at some point in this tournament, he is going to point at the TV and almost bewilderedly exclaim, like, they've got the ball. Like, because the United States is never a possession-oriented team that has control. And I think 
there's a good chance, Joe, I, I would love I would love for you to agree. But if you don't, uh, that is also fine. I'll just be more nervous. I think there's probably a good chance that in two of their three group stage yeah. games, they should be the ball dominant team who have more yeah. chances. And it will be the other team who's kind of sitting off being defensive. Yeah, I, I think that's totally true. In the third game, I mean, it really could go for two of those three. Maybe it's three of three. But the, the most interesting game here is England, right? Yeah, like, certainly. I think even non-soccer fans, we kind of have in, I guess as uh, Americans, we, we kind of have this built-in beef with England a little bit. Maybe that's faded somewhat. But, like, there's this idea nope. that, okay. Nope. The U.S. and England. All <laughs> hate no. all the time. No. War yeah, of 1812. So, that's the one. We, a lot of people go War of Independence. War of 1812. Yeah. You burned down my White House. We're coming for your premiere. <laughs> I wanted Canada. <laughs> <to end up. laughs> so there's, there's this bitterness and animosity still there. And I think that's another, like, incredible selling point for this team, too. It's it's like England is England is a real contender. And the U.S. maybe aren't. But if there's anything the U.S. and Americans hate, more than England and, and feel more emphatic about than hating England. It's like really digging an underdog story. That's why, yeah, you know, we, yeah, we yeah. fawn over March madness and I love March madness is because we want to see Loyola St. Mary go and beat Duke. Right. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I did, that was not a good, I think that might be a real school. It it's probably Catholic. almost certainly not. big basketball guy, sure Joe Lowry, big college basketball guy. <laughs> I, I, try to, I just don't have as much time anymore. It's so sad, mm. but either way, that's like, that's the shtick. I think that's a huge part yeah. of, of what makes this team so interesting and in this whole tournament so exciting. Yeah. So my, my perspective as an outsider, right, is uh, when you guys were talking about the saddest day of your sports ball loving career, it was like a Tuesday. Like it wasn't anything to me. And I, and then Luke sent me a text message just saying something along the lines of like, they lost. I can't believe they lost. I'm so sad. And I had no idea what he was talking about. (laughs) And then, and then when I figured out what we were talking about, I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to put up with this for 30 minutes on the show this week. And then he told me the story of his wife just being like, oh, okay, like, you're a grown man, are you crying? Right? So for me, for me, it's all, but this is what makes this year different for me. And this is why when Luke was like, hey, I was thinking about emailing these guys, I was like, do it. So I, I got four kids. I got two girls, two boys. And my middle son, uh, or my, my oldest son, but my middle kid, he has taken um, – so I own an Xbox, and I am very cheap, and so I buy all used video games, and I bought uh, a FIFA 2016, <laughs> right? My son plays this game all the time, and now they play soccer with the YMCA and all that stuff, and uh, he goes outside one day. I see him with his blue folder, and he's, like, looking at all these papers, and then he's, like, okay, and he shakes his head yes, and then he runs out, and he plays soccer in our backyard by himself, just running constantly for a full hour. So I go up to my wife and I said, what is in the blue folder that he keeps looking at? I thought it was his schoolwork or something. I didn't know. He, in the FIFA games, he has it only set to the English Premier League. And he is writing, he's memorizing the positions and players of every team. And he's writing it all down. And he, he'll go take a break. And he'll try to memorize another team. And then he'll flip. And then he'll try to memorize it. And then he goes and runs <laughs> so out. Good. So now he has the 2016 starters of the English <laughs> Premier League memorized. So then um, I'm like, dude, he is really getting into this. So I, I you know, I splurge and bought him 2017. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> then for his birthday, now he's caught up to 2022. Uh, but, but the funny thing is, like, he has kind of lit this fire in our whole family. So now all the kids are like, you know what, this year I'm going to try soccer and I'm going to do soccer. So they're all playing soccer. And I grew up playing soccer in Oklahoma. Soccer was the thing. Everyone did soccer, soccer and baseball. And uh, football wasn't a religion, religion there yet. Like it was in, in Kansas and Texas, but in terms of uh, professional, like major league soccer, I have never watched a game. 
I think Beckham was the only player I knew, and that was only because I was probably Googling his wife. Like, all the things that kind of go, like, I'm completely outside of that stuff. But now I've started going to Houston Dynamo's soccer games. Welcome. And I have dropped hundreds of dollars on tickets. It is so fun. (laughs) It is so damn fun. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And so that's why I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's talk about this because I need to have talking points to talk about it with my son. And that's like, that, that's such a cool, that's an epic story. First of all, I mm-hmm. thought we were going from FIFA 16 to 17 to 18, but the fact we made the jump up to 22, <laughs> we made the jump. I like swear. That is, that's a big jump, but I mean, I, I'm sure he was ready for it. Um, like that's, that's a cool thing. Right. And I think that's a, a huge, a hugely exciting thing about two different growth points. One is the world cup, which is always just like, till you detail, I think of a lot of why it's so attractive, the, the huge number of people mm-hmm. from disparate places, all of our attention, not, not everyone, but like, you know, if you're, if you're watching, you're, even if you're alive in a place that has cell service, you're probably at least peripherally aware oh, of yeah. what's going on. Like it captures attention like few other things do. There's that piece of it. And that's that's intriguing for everyone regardless of where you are. But also I think soccer is at a really cool point right now in the U.S. where it it's growing. Like it, it is actually tangibly growing. You have teams increasing. You have teams not just in MLS but but in other leagues that are growing and starting. And the second division and third division leagues here in the U.S. are starting to establish some footholds in local communities, and they're starting to become more of a national presence as well. And these are these are like game changers. They might not be things that transform the city of Houston from Astros fans to Dynamo fans overnight, but like you know, getting this family and getting that. I, I think it's cool to see that progress even through individual stories. The World Cup mixed with that growth that's already happening and would continue to happen even outside of the World Cup. It just makes us a really neat time to be someone who cares about soccer who lives in this country. Yeah, it's it's been really really interesting to see like what's happened down down in Cincinnati because I I remember when they announced FCC, I had just um, I had uh, just moved here, but I but I'm off but uh, but I grew up in Dayton and we and we and we moved to Cincinnati. And I didn't think it was going to work because they had a soccer team. It was, mm. I don't remember what like, division per, per, per se it like, was, but it just really didn't do well at all there. And then, so I was like really hesitant to even like get involved because I was like, I don't like. I don't know if I'm ready to love again. How can I give my heart <laughs> to something? Was that the Dayton Dutch Lions? Well, it was, so that's what they are right now. They were okay. the Cincinnati Dutch Lions. Oh, it okay. was, and then they. It was well, so it was the same organization owned those two teams, I think, and there was a lot of weird crossover. But the Dayton Dutch. Dutch Lions still exist. Like Taylor, so, get your Taylor, get your yeah. Ohioan soccer yeah. knowledge up bad. to par. Good bad. gracious! I'm sorry. Get your Western Ohio soccer knowledge up to speed. <laughs> Good gracious! Updated from the 2016 version. I think there's a decent chance our co-host Graham has watched the Dayton Dutch Lions. <laughs> entirely possible. It doesn't make any sense how, but he's found a way. Yeah. Living in Scotland. Somehow, out in like Scotland, he found a way to yep. watch a team play at Beaver Creek High School Stadium. Yep. <laughs> but it just... You're yeah, laughing. Just remember, yeah, like, he probably has. <laughs> but just seeing like people get into FCC, and then like when we actually had the Mexico game there, I, I was like, I can't believe that we've gotten to this point. Like I, I'm, I'm truly going from like... I never would have thought that, given the fact that the first game I went to at, at, at like at like the Outlaw Bar, they didn't even stand up during oh, yeah. during um, the national anthem. Which I was like, is it kind of a thing? Like, you know, I mean, it was just weird. It, it just I was, I, I was like, there, I don't see a soccer culture here, and all of a sudden it was just like, here you go, here's here's one. We just somehow 
I don't know if it's like weird or about marketing that we should all be concerned about that they like change people's minds like somehow without them really I'm knowing or what, but like it just came out of nowhere. And it, uh, I mean, to truly like have the Mexico game to be like as big as it was, to be as fun as it was, I was drinking since two o'clock. So I, I, there it is. Like, I remember it. I paced myself, but you know, still. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I, I think it's going to be, I'm really excited for, for uh, the World Cup. One, because um, like U.S. is my favorite team, I think. I am a kind of a Liverpool fan. No, I, I am just because we took a quiz back in 2012. Like, <laughs> like, okay, sounds good. I think we both the long run. Yeah, it was good. It, did, it really did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and, but it, I think there's a, like, what I'm excited about for this team is I think there's a real chance that during, we might not win or even tie the England game, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a period of time where we, like, where we take it to them. Yeah. Where like you just see like we dominate our will against there for a bit. And, and I don't think it'll be like a sustained. It'll be like the ten minutes of that one of the like going to make a game during the Gold Cup before the power had gone out. Of, or, no, I'm sorry. There was like a huge storm. And oh yeah. I, there, was, there was a ten minute on window where it was like 2019. Shit, that's like phenomenal. Like it was like really really strangely. Good. And I remember being like, go on. Holy crap! Is is this gonna work? <laughs> like is this like whole experiment of this coach? Is this gonna work? Because I remember being like, that looks really good. This is not like what it was before where it was just kind of like, well, I'm just like, hold on, we'll just try stuff. There was a 10-minute window, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see, it might not even be that long, but like some period of time where we, where we like take it to England. And that I think will like, kind of like you're saying about like, you're like, just about like, like Dad Taylor. I think that will shock people. Okay, that- be like, what? Like what just happened here? That Luke, you just unlocked like a deep core memory. I also like Gomer. You're right. That is a, a weirdly specific thing, and I, I kind of, I kind of hate that I like that I know what you're talking about. Um, like I'm kind of concerned at times. I, this is like a legit. I'm not even joking. I like I'm kind of concerned about the things that I choose right, to prioritize right. in my life. Um, but I, I remember that sequence very clearly about the U.S. looking very, very good. I think that was Weston McKinney and Michael Bradley in a, in a sort of double mm-hmm. pivot. In posi- okay, we don't need to talk about this anymore. But <laughs> I, I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised. That, that, yeah, Taylor is just – I just did Taylor Ed right there. I this can't is, believe – of course you remember that, man. <laughs> I have to go back crazy. and check. I'll Google it when I'm done talking here. But um, like that, that England game is, is so – has the potential to be so impactful. And I don't think the draw could have gone – the draw could have gone better in terms of the U.S. getting an easier group. Don't get me wrong about that. But if you're going to get – I think it's still a relatively difficult but still you know, doable group. Having England in it is just so great for, for those of us that want to really engage with this team and, and help build stories around it. And, and more than that, just tell the stories about this team and about – sort of what they could do at this tournament. I love it. I love it. Okay, now I'm Googling USA Jamaica. We'll you can do that. I just love – I do – I don't have much, like, love for the England national team. So I'm aware that there is an inclination to very, very strongly support that national team. I was right. McKenney Bradley in midfield. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Of That's cool. uh, yeah. But they're going to support that national team until things don't go well. And I do love the idea of the United States being the team that makes the entire country of England turn on that national team. That would be fun. <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be a hoot. Uh, and I and I think you know, but I think you're right, Luke. I think there's there's going to be moments when they when they hit the bar. Maybe they they, they get one early. I think they will make England uncomfortable at times because I think by that point they'll have seen enough of England and there will be some familiarity between the players from playing in the same league and mm-hmm. occasionally for the same teams that I think there's, there will be those moments. And that is always what makes it fun because with the U S 
it's a strange thing with the U.S. men's national team that I would never feel truly confident in saying they will win a game, and I would never be truly confident in saying they will lose a game either. Yeah. There's always that kind of fight at, at, in moments, and sometimes those moments are when they matter, and sometimes they're when they aren't. But uh, it always makes for an interesting viewing experience for sure. America, you just described America, Taylor, in those last like 30 words. Everything you just said could apply to the United States of America. Incredible. <laughs> It's like, this is really good. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> so my, uh, my questions as an outsider, can I ask you a couple questions about the World Cup? Soccer, okay. so it's a round ball, and you kick it, and you put in the goal. And if you get enough of those okay. goals, you but win But sometimes those goals is like one a game, as long as the other team has none. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, because I was raised, I played soccer, but basketball was like our family sport. And to go from something mm-hmm. that is as fast-paced as basketball to soccer, I'm like, yeah, totally. good Lord, someone give him an energy drink. Um, no, so here's questions about World Cup. Now, uh, please understand, I don't know any arguments, any debates. I'm not accidentally, I might step on a landmine. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so this is all I know from the periphery of my world. Number one, is FIFA as an organization considered to be uh, fun-loving soccer guys or pretty corrupt, awful <laughs> corporate, you know, people? Uh, yeah, the second, the second thing, thing that you said about the corruption. Uh-huh. That's the one. Yeah, okay. that's the one. That's that's generally how we ended up with it. Well, you know, I don't – this is definitely not what I think. I think there is not at all a chance that because Russia and Qatar got back-to-back World Cup bids that that says something about FIFA and, and about how that whole situation goes down. I definitely think that that was all oh, the board, the, for the sure. indictments for corruption and bribery didn't 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 give that one away when it's like nine of the ten bid committee people have been indicted. Yeah, no, yeah, something about like watches and free watches. Mm. Nah, it's all yeah. so that's just that's just follow-up question. Like, mm. The head guy's too scared to come back uh, to the United States. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. all good. Nothing, yep. nothing weird. Follow-up question, who indicts them? What court? What? It's a couple of, it was a couple of different ones. The U.S. was because uh, they had financial transactions take place using U.S. banks, and so they were able to be indicted through U.S. courts for that. The question then is, will they be extradited or could they be arrested in the country? Uh, and so I think a lot of people, like Jack Warner, who's the former head of the Trinidad Federation, he may still be fighting extradition at, at time of recording. I forget how that's played out. But sometimes it was U.S. courts. I think there also may have been the European mm. court involved. Okay. Yeah. My second well. question is, uh, Cutter, okay? Uh, how many stadiums are there? Eight, six, seven that they're going to be playing? The game? Eight? I would assume eight. I right just, I just saw a video on YouTube. Right, yeah. Yeah. The only preparation I did for this was see the pretty stadiums that they're going to be playing in. They're very nice. Mm. They're, That's what Qatar yes, wants yeah, you but, to do. Yeah, exactly is it not do. built on the dead bodies of migrant workers, right? Is that, that's what I've heard, that a lot of people died in the construction of these. Yeah. 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 Confirmed. Uh, yeah, confirmed. I think the last number I saw, the estimate was 6,000 people had died uh, building the stadiums. and that 6,000 people have died. Yeah, that doesn't get into the and that's building the stadiums, but also the infrastructure to host a tournament of the size. Uh, but then that doesn't even get into the oppressive working conditions, the confiscation of passports. Lots it's, of it's it's yeah. it's um it's definitely the case. I, like I, we've talked about this on the show about yeah. covering it and how do we enjoy a tournament that we all love and at yeah. the same time no shouldn't be there. And that's not a they don't have a soccer history, which I, I don't think I've heard anybody complain about when it comes to Qatar. It has mostly been about the yeah. circumstances. Uh, by which the country was given the tournament and then how they've gone about building the infrastructure. Yeah. And it's also other like less 
horrific things, but still very frustrating things. Like when they won the bid, they promised to have the infrastructure in place that we would have a tournament this summer. And then as soon as they won the bid, never mind, we can't do that. We got to do it in the fall. And you sort of get the impression very quickly that they knew that from the outset. And maybe the bid committee did too, but that wasn't made public. That wasn't publicly discussed because if it had been, it would have been shot down right away. So it just feels, yeah, tainted from... I shouldn't say start to finish because it's not over. But thus far, there has uh, been a lot of negativity around it, justifiably okay. so. Okay. Pretty stadiums, though. Wow, man. I, yeah, I think. I, yeah, lovely. They've done a great job. <laughs> one is made out of shipping containers. Who knew? Who knew? Um, I, I think it's so. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, there's a real valid case if, like, you wanted to boycott. I mean, there are some yeah. people who are, like, not going to watch this world. Yeah, I, 100%. I walk with people um, will do. But I certainly struggled with that. Um, and I'd be lying if I said, like, if the U.S. had made the 2018 World Cup, would I feel better yeah. about boycotting mm-hmm. this one? I, mean, I, I, I hate to say that, but I'm just being honest. Like, it would be so good. I, I have, I have um, I, as hard as it would be, like, I'd give it some serious, like, some serious, like, um, time to the idea of should I not watch this? Yeah, you know, which is that's got to kill I, you guys. That's got to kill you guys because right. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we talked about this, right? Like we talked about this uh, on, on TSS. It's it's difficult, right? And and it's some people have very valid, and people are going to make a very valid choice not to watch or engage with the tournament or or you know stuff that people are saying, you know, that we're saying on TSS or that's being written. They're just not going to listen or they're not going to read, and that is completely justifiable. There are also going to be other folks that you know, and I think we fall into this category at TSS. That will watch and, and we'll also talk about it partly because it's it's our job. I think there is something to be said for that. But even people who want to enjoy the sport and decisions were made that they had no control over about the context surrounding it. And so it's it's difficult because in some senses the burden for those decisions has to fall on the consumers. And, and they weren't the ones who, they didn't get who really led to any of those particular decisions, right? They didn't make those calls. But yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of people that fall down in the I'm not watching this, and I, I think they're completely justified. And, and should be encouraged to make that decision. That's well. so hard. Yeah. And, and, and I think to, to each their own, I definitely get that. I think if we weren't doing it for a living and talking about it on the show, I would probably still watch, but just be less engaged. I think I would feel less connectivity to the World Cup this time around because of everything that's gone on. Uh, but I agree with everything else Joe has said, and I would add that the players didn't choose for it to be there. This is voted on by the individual confederations, uh, like all the member states of FIFA. So the players, to some extent, are just kind of going where they're told to go play because they're selected to play for their national team. And then the the people of those national teams really care and really watch. It's the single largest spectator sport in the world. The World Cup final, I think, if you want to experience a bunch of people on the planet doing the same thing you're doing, the, the best time to do that is the World Cup final. And so... To some extent, I, I feel like walking away from that is impossible for us, but also it sort of, I don't know if that solves it either. Uh, but And so to me, it's more so being aware of the conditions around how Qatar got the World Cup and what has happened since they got the World Cup and not letting the, the pretty stadiums or the favorable coverage or the it's actually very yeah. uh, tolerant and Western and look how great it is. And we're, we went to a camel race and that was fun. I might be talking about a specific <laughs> network. Um, I, I think it that's where I think the kind of the nefarious aspect creeps in. And that's the thing that I think we will av- avoid or like not let permeate the show, but also uh, probably call out pretty openly yeah. if and when it does. It's such a damn shame, you know, from my nerdy little side, right? Philosophy, brilliant philosopher now, Sir McIntyre talks about when you, when you have something that's a practice, that's good, right? You build an institution around it in order to preserve its goodness. 
But then the temptation for that institution is not to foster the internal goods, but uh, is to foster the external goods, which is money, power, you know, fame, all of that stuff. And it quickly mm-hmm. begins to ruin the very reason for its existence, right? Like, so I think of like FIFA and everyone being like, well, it's corrupt. There's all this corruption going on. There's all this, you know, money floating around in the back end that people aren't aware of. And then you just see, oh no, now we're forcing players to participate in players who many of which you know care about social justice and the downtrodden and it's like well if you opt out of this you're opting out of the next x amount of years of your which is your entire sure. professional career you know and it's like when the mm-hmm. u.s uh mm-hmm. protested the soviet games right like all right sorry like most of you will now age out of your sport of choice and you'll never be able to go to this like it's decisions like this require a i don't know a level of fortitude that hopefully should be more upstream in the process and prevent it from happening in the first place but yeah anyhow that's my two cents i have an outsider who reads philosophy every day (laughs) (laughs) well and that's yeah (laughs) so go usa on that note proud to be an american (laughs) never done anything wrong (laughs) city on a hill yeah so it um uh, we're just like we're uh, just about to like wrap up here um uh one thing one thing I'm going to show that's like like I always like is you do very specific predictions for either like either on like a season or like a game or the World Cup or something. So I want to ask you guys if you have one about your experience of the World Cup. If there's one specific <laughs> that's good. prediction that like you're gonna not not about like a player or the game where you can like I'm gonna choose that, but like one thing that you're gonna predict this is gonna happen or like you know I'm gonna end up doing this. What do you think that would be? I will probably okay. declare at some point that Tyler Adams is the greatest American player of all time. That's, that's pretty much a given. I'd say that's and me you can completely lock seriously. that prediction in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm, I'll say that I know the games aren't drastically early. I will say that I'll be taking at least a nap every other day in the midst of all this uh, time permitting. Yeah. Because it's going to be busy. So that's that's my prediction. I'm going to be taking lots Ooh. of naps. Hopefully sleeping, through Taylor's, yeah, hopefully sleeping through Taylor's uh, frantic texts and messages are, are just straight up telling me to my face about Tyler mm. Adams and his glory over and over again. Yeah. Joe, man, I forgot you're on the West Coast. Enjoy that 2 a.m. kickoff, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not waking up for that. Sorry, we'll talk about that later. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds fun when you're like in your 20s and but then like once you're in your 30s it's like oh my god please don't like doesn't sound fun. i'm, I'm, no, I'm no, at the no. point now where those early like premier league uh games i'm just like can we not can we just i'm just you know what i'll just i'll just find out i'll just find out <laughs> i'm surprised it's that with four children you're still aware of the concept of sleep that's 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 the thing i wasn't sure was going to be the case that's awesome that's awesome. well i really appreciate having you guys on are you guys doing anything special for the World Cup? Any any other thing like that's going to be like unique to the show? Or roll it, Taylor. Well, yeah. So we will we will be doing our our usual, which is uh, previewing every single team and every single group. So that that'll be probably over the course of a couple of weeks or a couple of shows, certainly. Then we'll be covering every single game. Uh, so we'll go to daily coverage because there are going to be games every single day, uh, and that includes through the knockout rounds and and into the final. We'll be covering all of that. But we are also. Uh, I, I guess we can announce this one. It's very, I guess, early, but not early. Uh, we're going to be doing some live events in the New York area. So I think the four of us are going to oh, be together sweet. for a few days doing some live shows there. We're going to have more details on that. But yeah, it's going to be really exciting because that will be the first time the four of us have been in the same Ooh. location. Oh, that's cool. 
Our live shows are so much fun. We've we have I've done a couple of those. Those are really those are fun. Thank you. I've learned to this has been the theme of the show. I've learned to not drink during a live show. People keep buying you beer beforehand. I'm like, okay, great. Then it's like, wait, that's a dog to all of you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had to learn maybe not to drink during games too if we wanted to cover them with any level of accuracy or sincerity. Yeah, yeah, you know what I like that guy. That's funny. Well, thank you all for coming on the show. I appreciate you for oh, educating you us. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. I mean, Luke probably. Yeah, thank knew you guys for stuff, having us. But... This was a blast. Yeah, good deal. <laughs> good deal. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm literally going to go listen really to the it. soccer 101 because I feel like such a noob. I mean, I used to play soccer, but now I'm like, it's they good. sure do pass a lot. There's a goal over there. Kick it in there, people. Duh. <laughs> once, you, once you start to pay attention to what's actually going on, you see how fast they're like, like just watching a close-up. Yeah. Like, oh, well, oh, honestly, the Dynamos oh, game I totally changed my mind about that because <laughs> – even though they, of course, got destroyed, it was still fun to watch. Uh, it was awesome. And, uh, my, you know, let me just close on this note. I thought it was so funny. So my brother Chris is Mr. Sportsball. Like anything local, Houston, he is there, you know, Texans, Rockets. He loves the Rockets, right? And um, and then I tell him, hey, I really want to go take my boys to go to a Dynamos game. Girls aren't interested. Wife isn't interested. How about me, you, and dad? We'll head on down. And I say that because then my dad pays for everything, and it's awesome. So we go down there, and we're enjoying it. My brother's telling me the whole time, like, listen, the Dynamos suck. They've sucked for a while. No one really goes to these games. Probably going to be super cheap. Um, we'll get our tickets. We'll go in. It's going to be like a half-empty stadium. We walk in, and it is jam-packed, front to end, just jam-packed with hispanic fans and i was like oh you were in your bubble weren't you there chris you were in your little bubble and you didn't realize <laughs> that football is life right so and sure enough sure enough uh, yeah then it was awesome it was such a great game and there was here's the best thing about going to a soccer game live there's so much energy there is so much energy from the fans yeah not so much from the players because it is the dynamics but from the fans there was so much energy it was awesome and that's it that's yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Good deal. <laughs> if yeah. you Gomer, if you can find joy in a Houston Dynamo game, yeah. like you are, yeah. you are, you can do anything. You can do you anything. Can fly, you can be the president. You can do anything. Yeah, like you have, you got a lot ahead of you, and I'm really yeah. excited to monitor how that goes. I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you. That's updated. all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, I had already mocked one team that wears primarily orange and black, so I didn't really want to have to do it again. But uh, yeah, that's that's when you were like, yeah, I got really into it. I was expecting, I don't know. Like Atlanta or Philly this season or something. I wasn't ready for Houston. That's that's a credit to you, my friend. You love to hear it. You. you love to hear it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome.